Listening Dog Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Heal is Real podcast with Abby Eastwood and Debbie Mack. Hello there and welcome to series two of the Heal is Real podcast. I'm Debbie Mack and this is the lovely Abby Eastwood. Hello. It's so nice to be back, isn't it? I know. Well, we say that. It's so nice to be back. We've been recording pretty much for the past two months. <laughs> but yes, it is It is lovely to be back with series two. Um Oh my goodness, Abby. I'm so excited about this series. There is so much good stuff, honestly. I mean, we have had such a phenomenal response to our first ever series of The Heal Is Real. The amount of women that have contacted us through Instagram, uh, through the email has been phenomenal. And um, we just want to thank you all for wanting to share your stories. And we're so sorry that we couldn't share all of your stories. We did have to pick and choose. But hopefully when we do series three, uh, we can get you guys involved. Yeah, you are still on my list and you still will very much be involved in this. And as I actually said on a video that I did for our Instagram page, it hasn't even just been people getting in touch with us via social media. There have been people that I know, friends of friends, people asking me questions. I know someone who constantly has migraines. Could it be their implants? Yes, it very well could be. Um, I think it has been a light bulb moment for a lot of ladies and that was our intention, wasn't it? Absolutely. And also, you know, since we finished uh, the first series, there have been bits and bobs that have popped up in the press as well, haven't there, Debs? We've had um, Maria Caulfield, mm. who is um, who was actually at the time, because this is the trouble with Parliament, isn't it? That people come and go so quickly. Nobody seems to stay in a job long enough to get whatever they're trying to do <laughs> <Revolving> done. Revolving <laughs> door. It is a revolving door. But Maria Caulfield at the time was the health <laughs> minister. Um, she is actually now the parliamentary undersecretary of state for women. Um, but she called for tighter measures surrounding breast implants and was putting forward that we should consider to follow suit of the FDA in America by putting that black box warning on all of the packaging. But, you know, as we have discussed in the first series and we hit on in the second series um, when we've had discussions with people, you know, it's all good and well having that on there. But really, you know, us as patients, as the consumer, we're not actually ever going to see that packaging. We never see it in the office. We'll never see it when we're lying on the bed having the operation. So we have been working hard behind the scenes, haven't we, Debs? Uh, We have indeed. Well, Abby, you've been writing some very important letters to some very important people and trying to get to the bottom of, well, basically, 
whose liability is it anyway? Um, whose exactly. liability is it to actually tell these women um, the risks associated with their breast implants, to actually tell these women that they're supposed to be changing them every 10 years, the cancer risks, the uh, everything that they're not being told at the moment? Exactly. And actually what we found out is huh, it's not great. Um It's very minimal, the regulations. The General Medical Council is the independent regulator of all medical professions, uh, professionals, and that includes obviously plastic surgeons. There is a guidance in place for all of these surgeons, but guess what? It's not a legal requirement to inform patients Mm. of the risks. They they say that um, the General Medical Council say that they have to go under a good medical practice. And it says that they must give clear and accurate information. But it is not a legal requirement of any sort. And that just blows my mind, you know, that, that we are, as women yet again, being left in the dark and not really having the legal requirements needed to protect us. As I've said before with this podcast, I have just said, it blows my mind over and over again. And you know, Abby, actually, I was watching the um, telly last night and Davina McCall um, is doing a new show about contraceptives and, and women being put on contraceptives, the coil, the pill, without really looking into it. They're having side effects. And in the promo, it actually said, Davina McCall said, these women are not being listened to. And she actually said, it blows my mind. And I watched it and I thought, oh, wow, this all sounds very familiar. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? It's ridiculously familiar. I mean, I have spoken to the MHRA, BAPs, BAPRAs. I've spoken to uh, the Department of Health and Social Care and the General Medical Council. And, you know, there are so many fingers in the pies. And as we said just two seconds ago, the revolving doors of government to try and get some legislation where it becomes a legal requirement is going to be tricky. But God damn it, me and Debs are going to do our best to make sure we can protect you women out there. Yep. So let's talk about series two, shall we? And uh, the little treats that we we have coming up for you. We are starting with Laura. Laura's episode is going to be two parts. So the part that you're going to be hearing as soon as we've finished blabbering on uh, will be us (laughs) talking to Laura before she has her explant. And then the following week is part two, where we chat with her after she's had her explant and she's had a little bit of time to recover to see how she feels and if her symptoms have gone away or whether they've stayed. It's fascinating. It's an absolutely brilliant two-parter. We have Alex as well. I w- I'm going to put this out there and say Alex is not her real name. Uh, the reason that nope. we've changed her name is because Alex is a whistleblower. And as I'm saying this, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up actually, uh, because it's so good. <sighs> Alex works for, uh, sorry, worked for, she's definitely not there anymore, uh, one of the big UK cosmetics industry companies and she has a real she's given us an insight to how Mm. things work behind the scenes and uh, their attitude towards the ladies that are coming in that's all I'm saying for now but can't wait for that one to go out I I, I, that one is I think possibly my most favorite episode ever and 
I think, I don't know how many times we say that blows our mind in that episode, but I know that our jaws are on the floor, a fair amount of it. It's an absolutely brilliant episode. So my advice would be to hit follow so you don't miss that episode because it's absolutely brilliant and make sure that you know what's coming up each week. We've also got uh, the wonderful Serena coming on and she got her surgeon to join her. So we get to speak to both of them about Serena's journey and exactly what they found uh, when Dahlia, her surgeon, operated on her and and what she is seeing within the industry herself as a surgeon and how she is seeing breast implant illness on the uptick, basically, uh, which is what we've known all, all along anyway. Yeah. And uh, the surgeon, another surgeon who we are lucky enough to have on the pod who believes in believes in BII because she's had so much experience of it. Um, and yeah, she she came on the pod in the same way as David Floyd and Jed Byrne did in series one, because they want change. They, they they want women to be made aware of what they're getting into when they put these things inside them. Yeah. And to get the word out there for women that have had them inside them for years that aren't correlating and having that light bulb moment, because we've got to remember there is there's two streams of this. One's wanting to walk into it so they know what they're walking into and what potentially they may suffer with. And the ones who've been told that these are inert devices many years ago that they can be left in their lifetime devices and they have no idea that the symptoms that they are suffering with are actually correlated to their breast implants. So, you know, again, we're just, we've got to try and help these women really get this information out there and and help them understand what is going on inside their bodies. We've also got uh, Maria who... um, was told in her 20s when she had her breast implants uh, that uh, breast implants would prevent cancer. Uh, Lo and behold, unfortunately, (laughs) 20 years later, she uh, gets her first diagnosis of two of actual breast cancer and uh, she's currently going through her second round of chemo. But also the question mark for her now is, was it breast cancer or is it actually B-I-A-A-L-C-L? And we're hoping that we will get to find that out as well when her episode goes out. She was so, so lovely. And uh, and we have stories from many other inspirational, strong women who have been through a journey with BII and they are just desperate to raise awareness. We cannot wait for you to hear this series. We are so excited about it. And uh, shall we get on with episode one of series two, Abby Eastwood? Oh, I think we should. Let's do it. Here's Laura. The Heal Is Real podcast with Abby Eastwood and Debbie Mack. Laura, thank you very much for coming on for a chat. Thank you for having me. I'm um, very grateful that you're around and you're a bit of a voice for a reason. Well, it's all about raising awareness and we couldn't do that without the help of ladies like you sharing your story. So thank you. So I know you still got your implants in now. Let's go right back to the beginning though. What year did you get them? I've been trying to figure it out, to be honest with you. It's between, <laughs> makes me sound old now, um, between 20 and 22 years ago. Um, I've tried to contact the surgery that did them, but they only keep records for six months. Um, I had them done in Manchester um, with a very well-known surgery. And what led you to making the decision to have them put in? I had them done because I was self-conscious. I was using chicken fillets. I was um, a 34B, which I thought was small and I didn't feel feminine with them. Um, And I thought they would boost my confidence and they did for a very, very, very long time and quite sad to see them go but also now I've got to the point where I'm um, quite happy for them to go. 
Yeah. So obviously you have developed some symptoms or some some light bulb moment has happened for you to realise that they're just not good for your health. So talk us through that as well. Well, now, now I look at it, I don't know how long I've been actually poorly for because when does it start? When does it stop? Mm. I think I, I own my own business um, and I have done for 11 years. Um, so work is very much a massive part of my life. And I think because a lot of it is within corporate events, so I do branded merchandise. So with the COVID happening, COVID, a lot of events stopped in the industry and it was very much into survival mode. And we got through it and we're fine. Um, but I'm wondering whether or not that pushed me over the edge with regards to the symptoms because um, beginning part of last year, just my whole body started breaking down. Mm. It started off, first of all, with a rotary cuff injury, um, which I'm still not sure what it is. Um, the doctors are saying um, it could be all the inflammation, the physio, sorry, the physios are saying that it's all the inflammation around it. They're not sure whether or not it's torn or whether or not it's just healing. But that's been like nine, ten months now and I'm still waiting for a scan on the NHS with it, but I cannot lift it above like nipple height. And then I started getting this psoriasis on my body. Now it's on my arms, my legs, my back, my tummy, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's not going. Now, I've been using steroid cream and that kind of puts it at bay for two, three days. And as soon as I use it again, it just fires up dramatically. Um, to the point of I couldn't go swimming, I couldn't get changed anywhere. It's mentally that is really affecting me because it's it's such a mess. Do you know though? This is this is so common with uh, ladies saying that it starts gradually and then it gets worse over time. Would you say it's over your uh, whole body now? Yeah, I mean it was just the odd little spots. It might have been on my arm or on my on my calves, but now it's both legs, both thighs, both arms. Um, my tummy, my back, um, it's, it's everywhere. And the doctors said, well, it's basically, it's your skin decrease. It's your immune system attacking itself, great. Um, and it's your skin kind of reproducing more than what it should do. But all they will give you is steroid cream, which I don't want to put steroid cream on me, but I do at some point because it's, it's the only thing that will calm it down. And I've tried lots and lots and lots of natural remedies for it and nothing's taking the edge off it apart from the steroid cream which I really don't want to use but that that's not the worst of it the worst of it is the joint and the muscle pain um so during the day mm. now I'm probably living about four or five out of ten pain wise come six seven o'clock at night I'm a nine and nine ten out of ten at night I have to hold onto the walls to walk up the stairs to get out of bed it's a oh, deep Laura. breath try and stand up it's um it, it's just constant I mean even now, like I've got these pains that have come in my jaw um, six weeks ago, so I can barely eat anything. Uh, this is the way I say it, right? I can eat a potato cake, but I couldn't eat a crumpet because I can't open it that much <laughs> without actually holding it. I'm going to tell you something, Laura, that I had that. All right, okay. I've <laughs> been to the dentist and the dentist is like, there's nothing wrong with your teeth. Uh, we think it might be to do with your muscle and your jaw up at the top. Use a hot and cold patches. TMJ. Um, we will um, antibiotics, but they've not done anything. It seems to be no matter what I'm taking. I've tried the whole natural. I've done the ice baths. I've done the pure oxygen. I've done the um, sea moss. I've done the turmeric. I've been to meditation. Anything that I can seem to be doing, nothing is taking the edge off it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, 
these things like my hair's falling out, I have it all chopped off because it was um, just breaking and just coming out in clumps. I've noticed that the hair, my body hair as well, is hardly growing um, compared to what it used to. Um, I've just got a whole list. I don't know if you want me to carry on. <laughs> it's it's funny because the more I'm hearing you talk, actually, the more I'm realising you sound very similar to me and the symptoms I had. So I had my implants in for 15 years, um, which we've discussed in previous pods. So I'm not going to bore our listeners with me going over it again. But for you, mm-hmm. though, Laura, I want to let you know that by having my implants out, Literally overnight, my hair stopped falling out. Um, That's good to know. The jaw pain that you get where you can't mm. open your mouth to get food in, I had that. It stops. Right, okay. So what you're, it, for, for me at the moment, what I would say what is going on in your body is what happened to mine where it was just an autoimmune response and I got diagnosed with uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So all my muscles and joints were hurting. Um, I didn't have the psoriasis, but I would imagine if I'd have carried on any further, it probably would have appeared at some point. It takes time, but you are going to really notice a difference once those implants come out. You really are. And I can't wait to talk to you after you've had them out to hear <laughs> how many of these I symptoms. Do you- <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Can I just ask, Laura, because you said that you had them, uh, you've had them for 23 years. So I'm assuming that that is the same set. Okay. So, so you were not told when you first had them put in, you should really think about having these changed after 10 years. Were you, were you told they were lifetime devices? Did you ask that question to the surgeon? Can you remember back that far? <laughs> yes. Um, funny enough, because my best friend um, actually had them at the same time. So um, that's a whole different conversation. Um, but yes, I'm fully, when I when we asked, we said that they would be in as long as you needed to be in, they were all safe and everything was good with them. And to, you know, as long as they weren't capsule contraction, you know, like where the where they get hard and if they did to massage them. Mm, but other than that, yeah. that was the only warning that we got. Yeah, that old chestnut. Yep, same as me. <laughs> <laughs> Just if they go hard, that's the only time you need to get them out. That's it, isn't it? And and the surgeons, if it's something that you can physically feel, as in a hard boob, then there's something wrong. But other than that, it's nothing to do with your boobs. If you start feeling really tired or you get the whole list of symptoms that we now know about with breast implant illness no it's not your boobs that'll be something else well i i mean this so like i said these last 10 months has just been one thing after another to another and it's got to the point where i'm like i can't do it anymore so i've been to the doctors several several times so many blood tests and tests and like it's the menopause that's what the joint pain is i was like it's not the menopause so um i did go on hrt for a while i've now come off it because obviously i've got surgery coming up I tried that because I was willing to try anything. Then they were like, oh, it's chronic fatigue. I'm like, I'm not tired. I'm exhausted because I've had enough, but I'm not. I couldn't just fall asleep. Um, then they were saying mm. it was fiber. Fiber. I mean, I can never fiber Fibromyalgia. That was it. And then they're saying it's um, my infam- uh, me uh, brain fog. Um, what's the word? <laughs> the irony. <laughs> In- <laughs> Inflammatory response. Yes, and autoimmune disease at me information levels are that elevated and that they continue to elevate that my body's attacking itself and they don't know why. Yeah, well, we know why. And yes. <laughs> you'll be able to tell them why once you get them out. Um, well, I've been telling them now and they just look at me with a blank face. <laughs> all of them have looked at you with that blank expression or have any of them acknowledged the fact maybe it could be your breast implants? Um, a lot of them have turned around and said, we think it's rheumatoid arthritis. 
And I'm like, I, I don't think it is because there's so many other things. Like I've lost my balance. If I go back to summer, I lost my balance three times to the literally like on one of them, I tripped over my feet and ran oh, at about 20 feet and smashed and smashed my head into a barrier. If that weren't there, I would have been down a hill oh. and into a river and gone. No exaggeration. Jesus. Um, it was, now I don't trust my own body. I don't trust that my legs will hold me. I'm very conscious. But there is several times where I'm like, I'm, lose, I'm, I'm losing balance. And I'm like, why? Why? I don't know. See, that's the thing, isn't it? You really do start to lose trust in your body when all these things start to break down. And especially when you know that it isn't the reasons they're telling you. And it's weird because I'm sure that some people listening to this will be thinking, well, you know, if a doctor is telling you that it's this, this and this, why are you not believing them? And it's very hard for us to explain because we do know our own bodies and we know that it isn't that. It, it just doesn't feel right. The diagnosis doesn't feel right. So it's just so frustrating. And I'm so glad that you've had that light bulb moment to realise that it, it's potentially your breast implants. And once you get them out and we have this conversation, you know, a few months down the line after how you're feeling, it's going to be amazing to hear what you don't have anymore and how your skin cleared up probably overnight. I would imagine that the psoriasis will go. And I know, Laura, that you've um, you've got a lot of friends because you live in Cheshire. You know a lot of the Cheshire housewife ladies. And you were saying to us before we uh, press record that you, you know of a lot of ladies that have had breast implants and have really struggled and have explanted and got better. So you do know of other stories already, success stories, if you like, of women removing their, these things from their bodies and and healing i do yeah but i don't kind of follow that set so i just thought maybe it's a trend i didn't take it seriously at the time and it's only you know the old saying is you don't appreciate your health do you until it's gone and it's like Mm. i found a load of um lumps under my arms so i got referred to the hospital and they did all the scans they did the manograms they did the ultrasounds and everything they're like no your implants are fine but there was nine nurses that i and doctors that i spoke to whilst i was there that afternoon and I said to all of them, could it be this? Could it be this? Could it be this? And all of them was like, I don't, never heard of that. I don't know what you're talking about. No, nobody wanted to talk to me about it. Which is so frustrating because having done this research that I've been doing recently, it is on the NHS website. Breast implant illness is written on there and it even connects to the MHRA website, which even also states that there are symptoms that women are saying are related to their breast implants. So why is this not trickling down to the NHS? It's just... Oh, something I'm going to have to find out and get to the bottom of. And also, can I just say that um, I got mine out. I had mine put in in Wilmslow because we're both Manchester, aren't we, Laura? I had mine put in in Wilmslow. I had mine taken out at Manchester Spire. And when I went to have them taken out at Manchester Spire, I was speaking to one of the nurses there and she said they deal with loads of cases of women having their breast implants out because of illness to the point where before she started working there, she was going to have it done. And now there's absolutely... <laughs> Absolutely no way she'd do it. So so people are talking about it and people, oh, it frustrates the hell out of me. <laughs> One thing I'd like to add, which is a little bit embarrassing, um, but I just want to throw it out there because if I don't say, you never know. I've noticed this smell and it's under my armpits and in my belly button that is not my smell. It's a change. Is it a metallic-y smell? It's just a smell that's not me and I don't like it. And it's only under one armpit and my belly button. And it's like no matter how much I try and clean it, it's still there and it's just not going and it's strange. But then 
I've listened to a few American podcasts and I've come across three other women that have said the same thing. So I'm like, maybe it is a thing. I think mm. it is a thing. What kind of smell is it? Can you describe it at all? Just not a me smell. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just one that doesn't <laughs> go away. I have spoken to a lot of women on social media and in person, and I was Googling and researching obsessively from about May last year uh, about symptoms of BII, and, and there are a lot of ladies that experience weird smells, and it is usually a metallic-y smell. Well, it's like you, Abby, saying about your jaw. Like, I don't know if this is part of it, but now you're saying it. You'd, until people speak and share the stories, yeah. How, yeah. how do you know? Like, obviously, the brain fog and the fatigue and the yeah, the, the memory loss is just, it's so difficult. So today is the 24th of February. What is your, um, when is your operation? What date is it? The 21st of March. Oh, it's just a few weeks away. <laughs> you've been talking about the fact that... <sighs> You know, you don't know how long you've been feeling like this. I think when you have those boobs out and after you've recovered from the operation, I think that you will pretty much instantly notice a change. And you, it's, it's as if you feel a, the, the cloud lifting. So obviously everything won't be immediate and you will need time to heal. But I'm so excited for you. I really, really am. I can't wait. So it's just I. a minute there's a different thing wrong every day like my right wrist now has started aching that was eight days ago but it's not going and it's like why is my right wrist aching it's just like what am I going to wake up with today yeah and and I know quite sound upbeat now but with, yeah. you know it's 10 a.m in the morning it's not come later on at night I'm, I'm gone I can't put anything in my diary for a night time I just can't do it I really really feel for you Laura and I really associate with everything you're saying I mean literally again is another lady that is pretty much walking the same path that I walked and what I found and I don't know about you but I only realized that it was my implants and suddenly everything came kind of crashing it was as if my body sort of just sort of threw its toys out of the pram all in one go and then everything started to go the jaw the wrist the aches the pains I couldn't walk I couldn't get to the toilet my hair was falling out you know all those things just seemed to sort of just snowball one after the other it was as if it was my body finally saying for god's sake I, I can't do this anymore it it had just had enough is that I would say you're probably saying the same I think I was on adrenaline for so long during the like the two three years of COVID like this business needs to keep on going and there just wasn't an option and then once it got a bit of a breathing space it was just like my body just was like right okay enough is enough and it just one like I say one thing after another but it's kind of having to believe in ma not magic because it's obviously definitely not magic but it's believing in the unknown because you want I want to go to a doctor and the doctor turn around and say yes this is what it is and we will do this and then you will be better yeah but nobody's saying that to me so I having to have to believe myself and my own body that this is the right thing to do I've still got some what happens if it doesn't solve anything but I won't know until I do it and right now I've weighed up the pros and cons and I'm like it's got to be this really have worst case scenario laura you take them out and your symptoms stay which they won't <laughs> we're talking worst case scenario but if you if your symptoms stay you've had those things in for far too long anyway they they can't stay in your body they need to come out and now they, they, they're not a natural substance it's not good for you <laughs> just all the monkeys in your brain all having a different well, what about this what about that those monkeys in your brain though that's because your nervous system is on high alert and that's to do with the boobs as well as soon as you take those boobs out i guarantee you will feel your body relax and those monkeys will fuck off i promise you <laughs> they can go with the implants in the bin 
Oh, Laura, listen, it has been so lovely to talk to you today and we just can't wait to speak to you after you've recovered and catch up with you and find out how you're feeling. I really hope It's going to be a really interesting journey to follow with you. I think one last thing, if I can add in, when people have been asking me um, about what's wrong with me, I don't have a temperature, I don't have headaches, I'm not being sick, I've not got diarrhoea. And these are things, well, you're not ill then. I was just like, no, but I have got psoriasis. I've got joint pain. I've got muscle pain. I've got hair loss. I've got fatigue. I've got anxiety. I've got overwhelm. I've got mood swings. I'm crying. I've got jaw ache. I've got, I've got loss of balance. I'm not trusting my body. I've got brain fog. My weight is not changing no matter what I do. I've got earache. My wrists are hating. My shoulders are hating. None of these, they're not your typical sickness things, but they are making me ill and it's, it's constant. They never switch off. And so debilitating. Yes. I'm telling you now, you're going to be fine. You are going <laughs> to be fine. And I think so. If your operation is on the 21st of March, what do you reckon, Abby? About three weeks after? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. If Laura's up to it, I think she will be. If you write a diary, Laura, as well, if you write a diary of uh, from from how you're feeling leading up to and directly after, then we can go over that when we speak to you next. The, the time will go by really quickly and and yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing about your healing journey. Best of luck. I feel a sense of relief already because I feel like there is an answer there. There is there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's not just the doctors are saying, well, it's just something you've got to live with now. You know, you just need to relax and not stress and your, your information levels will decrease. And it's like, how do you tell somebody stressed and not stressed when they're feeling so ill? I know. So, yeah, I feel well, like yeah, we're there. One way I looked at it as well was when when I felt really bad just before I had them taken out, for, for a lot of people, they have things wrong with them that you can't just remove and they're stuck with it, you know, and they'll just get worse and worse. Hopefully you're in that situation where you take out the offending nastiness and and then you'll get better. So... So you you are lucky in that sense. It's hard to fi- think of yourself as lucky when you're going through it. But in that sense, hopefully you're lucky because you'll be fine. No, if you would have spoken to me a month ago, it would have been a different situation because a month, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Every time the doctor said, oh, it might be this, it might be that, and it might be this, or it might be me. And it's like, what? How, how can it be these things? Yeah. And it's only when I've gone, no, I don't think it is any of this. I think it's this. And even now, I've got, I've got another blood test later on today because they, they're still trying to investigate it, but they, they don't know. I'm on waiting lists for um, the psoriasis, and that's that's not until August. I'm on a waiting list for the for a shoulder scan. That's not until July. You know, so these things take time for them to diagnose, and I, I can't wait that long. I can't carry on living the pain that I'm in each day and and you're going to find as well if you similar to me I found really hard to trust my body for a good year even after explant I kept waiting for something to happen is the jaw going to come back is the wrist going to come back am I going to not be able to walk if I go somewhere if I get on the train to London am I going to be able to get home okay is my body going to collapse around me and it, it really took time for me to to trust my body again and and I just want to say to you, especially, you know, as you're walking into this, you can trust it quite quickly. I spent more time worrying about what might happen and it didn't happen. And then realising actually that quite quickly my symptoms had disappeared. But I just 
because obviously mine was so many years ago and I, there wasn't all of these women to talk to and to have conversations about how they were healing. We were all healing at the same time. So I, I hope that gives you some comfort to know that once they come out, you, you know, to have trust in yourself and your body and that you should be able to just carry on as normal. It very much hope so. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Laura, and best of luck with the Thanks, op. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Abby Dad. Cheers. 